Artistic Whispers Productions presents Antithesis Book One Predestination and Other Games of Chance A podcast novel written and performed by J. Daniel Sawyer Author contact information at www.jdsawyer.net With original music by Danny Shade This story contains harsh language, sexual situations Listener discretion is advised and now, the music of Antithesis. So, I'm here today with Chris Lester of Metamore City. Hey, gang. And Danny Shade, the composer for Antithesis. Ahoy, uh, hoy, everybody. And um, Danny's been in town this week, and we got it into our, at the time, fairly tipsy heads that it would be a good idea to sit down and talk a bit about music talk in music, the yeah. world of like. Antithesis. Talking music with a composer. Oh you crazy my person god here. you know i i don't know about the term composer it's weird to hear it like being called that because it seems like one of those titles you can't give yourself like you can't call yourself a philosopher you can't call yourself you know a scientist certain thing yeah it's like some someone else has to sort of validate you by doing that i i compose stuff and i guess that would make me a composer um i i'm just kind of learning how to do all this stuff I just graduated from CU, got two college music degrees, uh, percussion performance and music ed. Sorry, CU? Yeah, CU Boulder, University of Colorado. Gotcha. And uh, Wait a minute. Never- so it's the University of Colorado, but it's abbreviated <laughs> CU. Yeah, I mean, probably... Are they, go- like, dyslexic or something? Well, they've got that 420 day, you know. Right. April 20th, everybody oh, goes out they in the quad and smokes pot. Yep. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they came up with it. See you uh, just kind of that's just the way you say it. Okay. And the the way you what you call the college with the other way around University of Colorado. Probably that, be, that, yeah. that may be more recent because in all the songs, you know, fuck 'em up, fuck 'em up, go see you. Uh, uh, it just has a nice ring to it. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say fuck 'em up, fuck 'em up, go U of C. No. Right. Plus and, UC is the University of California. California. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, we don't really have that many letters, come to think of it. <laughs> Especially considering, you know, we have a lot of states that have names that begin with the same letters. So That's true. Yeah. Well, that's... But that would be a long discursion if we started listing those off. <laughs> yes. It's New Year's Day, so we're all still a little kind of... Uh... I'm feeling good. <laughs> I just yeah. got back... New Year's. <laughs> I just got back from uh, traveling all the way across country from Michigan, so... I um yeah you know, my I spent my New Year's on the plane and yeah did they serve champagne? No, they did not because by the time that we landed, it was it was only nine thirty. Oh, so <laughs> and uh, we spent our New Year's at a party at a friend's house. Wonderful party. Got stupid car. Wonderful party. Got home at about what did we get home at five? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So and then we've been talking with other friends all day and cleaning house for Pip, who's getting here tomorrow. Yay, Pip! (laughs) Yay, Pip! So jazzed! It's gonna be so cool. But anyway, so you brought a composer here. Yeah. Sorry. I. What do you want to know about the antithesis music? I would love to hear about your creative process for when when somebody comes to you and they say, "Okay, I've got this scene, and I'm you know these are the sorts of things," or they've got a basic idea for a story that's got you know certain themes. How do you work that in 
to the music? What do you expect people to give you and what do you work on to come up with the ideas yourself or how you're going to put things together? Um, Dan's the only person I've worked with, so this is my first time, so I can't really say how I usually do it, but how I've done it, I'd be glad to talk about. Um, at first, I was I would just throw a few really vague ideas at him. I'd say, what do you want, rock? Do you want it to be like ska? Do you want it to be like gangster rap? Do you want it to be like country, hillbilly music? You know, we, so we kind of focus it, and, and the idea of just, it's kind of a progressive uh, with a lot of uh, symphonic elements, but still kind of rocks, something that can grab the attention of the viewers and, uh, you know, a lot listeners. of listeners, right. sorry. And the, so the something that people can relate to. Um, and then the the idea of the light motifs, the um, each different element. And you'll notice that there's a few little things that always crop up in the music. Dee, do, do, do. Nice, just little simple and, note. And um, do 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 la da da do 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 um do 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 do. It's just a few of those, and they, and they all kind of come together. And I actually just wrote those on a piece of paper. This is motif one. This is motif two. And I would improvise. Improvising is a huge part of my creative process. Um, I'll sit down. I'll have the idea for the motif. I'll try different chord progressions and once i got a basic skeleton of a tune which is your harmony and your melody melody is is very spurious it changes all the time but as long as i have a rough outline of where it kind of has to go i just improvise and on that that main title track that we have is there's there's two other um you know takes that i did on piano and i just ended up taking the one that was best out of the three of them so you kind of play around with the the instrument until you find something that's like, ooh, I like the sound of that, and then yeah, it's it's very non scientific when it comes down to the, it's really feeling driven. It's it's completely emotion. Um, I'll I'll understand, get some idea of what the scene's about, the 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 universe. I'll have images of it in my head as I'm playing, and that, you know, it's like if it feels this way, it feels this way. Um, what was that last one? Was it episode thirteen um, with the with um, the big attack? Uh, that was episode seven with oh. the attack in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I remember. I remember just trying to think like, how do you do scary music that's not going to be corny? Scary music, you know. I, I didn't want it to. I just wanted it to be un, not noticeable. If you get really cheesy music, then that's more like a gag, mm -hmm. you know. Like, oh, they they got in those ring, ring, ring string sounds. Right. And Worked like, once for Psycho, and after that, it was a joke. Exactly. Um, you know. So I knew that there's certain intervals that elicit un uneasy feelings, and I figured you can take those uneasy intervals and instead of resolving them to to more friendly ears but to resolve them in ways that you wouldn't normally expect and that keeps the tension going so the tension is being resolved but it's being resolved and being still more tense and tense now just to clarify for our non-music uh, aficionado audience when you talk about intervals you're, are you speaking of intervals in time or intervals on a scale or what uh yeah intervals in terms of harmony so like um two different pitches played at the same time polyphonic so if you can have an interval, do, 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 it's a perfect fourth, do, do. And if you play those at the same time, it's going to have that sort of perfect fourth ring to it. Mm -hmm. And um, um, if you take that up a half step, it's called a tritone. Do, do, do. I'm terrible at singing them, but um, you get the point. But <laughs> essentially, it's this really, really beautiful sounding dissonant interval. It sounds like it shouldn't 
be yeah, there. It's it sounds- that opening chord of the of the bathroom attack scene is that that yeah, yeah it's a big diminished chord which uh-huh. is which um is minor thirds stacked on top of each other and the two outer voices create a tritone which um it's used all the time anytime you listen to blues or jazz that's that's found in every mm-hmm. single chord because what it does is it um it just brings a very interesting timbre to everything because it 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 kind of rocks the boat a little bit it creates that sense of this needs to go somewhere and it yeah. needs to go somewhere now mm-hmm. exactly and um and then episode 13 the the long the, sequence yeah the cult scenes that have those scenes. very long sequences of background music and then the dance yeah routine. and then a lot of those it was it was really like a chorale that was that I just sort of improvised and worked out and tweaked. And what I would do is I'd have the chorale underneath a drone. So like one really low note Mm -hmm. and depending on what, what interval the drone was from the key that the, the choral was in. Sorry. So what's a chorale? um, So just like a four voice harmony. So they're all, all four pitches, a high, you know, a soprano, an alto, a tenor, a bass, Mm -hmm. um, just moving, you know, playing like long notes. So it's not really like any groovy tune that you could sing. It takes four voices to sing through it. And it's, it's really out. It's, it kind of has this weird resolving thing and it just doesn't really sound only parts of it sound really conventional, but Mm -hmm. when you put it all together, it sounds very unconventional and it can sound unconventional and give you kind of a happy feeling if it's in one key but if I move it up a half step, but to keep that drone the same way, it creates a new. Which you interval. did at the point where Jim starts to feel the effects of the drug and gets sick. Exactly. Yeah, and, and a lot of that was you and, and mm-hmm. where you placed that along with the dialogue. But that was a lot of what I was thinking. Is there's a point when if everything feels really good, but then every, something just shifts, and then you have the exact same thing. It still has that unconventional sound, but it instead of unconventional happy, it's unconventional uneasy. Unconventional, strange, and then those start going back and forth because it's it's a very odd thing to be in a very new situation on drugs. Mm-hmm. You I know? think it would be really cool to actually play, play the some music bits of that, yeah. and then have him give commentary on what he's doing okay. with that. Um, let me pull up a player here that will play. <coughs> and I can the... I can probably play something on my laptop too. Well, I think I've got a player here that'll actually play, play into the into recorder. the track. That'd yeah. be awesome. All right. Well, I'll just I'll I'll do them both. So. So right here, this is that um, that little eight measure theme on a synth. And this is from when he goes to the the cult compound. Yeah, and this that that right there, that chunk right there is is that theme, and that spins over and over and over. And then what I do is I re- have it going back into this other key. It's a I think it's like a third higher. You know, and the reverb and that goes, and that, that kind of just gives it that effect. But then what? when you hear the bass underneath it, can you get that? Ah. That low drone. And that's going to just key. affect you psychologically a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Because by itself, it sounds kind of, it's like, oh, this is happy. It's kind of weird, but it's happy. Yeah. And then you add in that drone underneath it that's so <laughs> dissonant to it. And it's like, what the hell is yeah, going on? Yeah, and now let's hear it in that, in that other key, the first key. It 
And so now, now it's this one's gonna fade out, and the new key is gonna fade in, but the drone's gonna stay the same. Actually, the, the drone's fading a little bit. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's got some. Sounds uh, like it's dropping. Though. I did a lot of tweaking with with the drone, and I think I ended up keeping one of the ones where I was uh, I was using the, um, the little slider to change the pitch down and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Th this project, this uh, episode thirteen, was actually one of the f really fun ones because it was I was kind of on a time crunch because I was leaving on a vacation and we wanted to drop the episode, and I actually pulled an all nighter. To really pull this all stuff together. Yeah, he actually called me at 2 in the morning and said, Fuck you, man. I can't do this. I'm going to bed. <laughs> then he called me at 6 in the morning and said, I've got it. You have to hear it. Get awake now. Yeah, that was, much. yeah, that episode, I remember listening to it. And the thing, nothing about the music particularly jumped out at me at the time. But the whole scene, it was it was just such a seamless part of the whole experience of it right. that it really took the emotions of it and just kicked it up to 11. It, it would not have been the same without that that music there. That was incredible. Yeah, I really loved it. That one that was the one um, the one episode so far that he's actually scored in a traditional way. When you do film, usually you'll have um, you have some temp tracks that you edit to. And then you send the temp tracks with the finished, otherwise finished piece to the composer. Mm -hmm. And then the composer times what he's been working on to the temp tracks and, and everything comes together. But what we've been doing because our schedules don't match up is I'll call him, you know, I'll say, okay, Danny, that, you know, this week is between page 200 and page 220. And these are the two scenes I need something a little new for. And he'll come up with something because he knows the speed I read at that more or less times to the mood of the scene. And then he'll work on that and send it to me, and I'll just put it in in the edit. And if I don't like the timing, I'll time stretch it a little up and down. I'll pitch shift it a little up and down to get what I'm looking for. Uh -huh. And it works really well. But that that scene had to flow. There are so many places where the music changes. Right. And the narration talks about the music changing. And the timing is really particular. And so I, I called him up. I said, would you... You know, I'm not paying you. I have no right to ask this, but would you be willing to to score this traditionally? And he was like, "Dude, that would be so cool." <laughs> that it was, it was a lot more work, but it, it's it was a chance for me to do what I really like. And the whole point of me doing this is to enhance this art. You know, like we both make art, and I'm I'm just there to to kind of help it out. This as it is wouldn't. I wouldn't put it out as as it is as it's a work on its own. Like it belongs with the with the narration. Although right. you know, just that little theme, bling, 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 definitely bling. could build a song on that. Right, right, and and that's what's cool about this is I'm also not only getting a lot of pleasure and like learning stuff out of doing this. I'm getting music out of it, mm -hmm. and I'll definitely have enough stuff to probably create a nice little portfolio. Of something to be proud of. Yeah, and if there's demand, perhaps we'll even do a soundtrack album that you know, and, cool. and orchestrate, you know, orchestrate mm -hmm. everything. And yeah, because you, you can't album. hear you can't hear a lot of the stuff that I work on over the reading. I mean, you're not meant to. Like, I, I really don't want people to think like, oh, the music, 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 because you know, you got to know the story. It's like what you said. As long as the scene's very effective and 
come to realize the music mm-hmm. played a big part of that, then, exactly. then I feel like I did my part. And that's one of the biggest problems that I've run into working with canned music is the fact that so much of it is designed to jump out at people. Yeah. It exists for its own sake. Yeah, it exists for its own sake, exactly. And even if people are putting it out on Podshow or whatever, it's... You know, it's distracting more often. As often yeah, it depends as not. on if it's going to be bumper music or if it's going to be behind the reading. Right. right. And that was that was actually the reason I asked Danny if he'd be willing to do this in the first place. Because when I was doing Sculpting God, I found some great stuff on Pod Show. I mean, just mm-hmm. amazing stuff. But I would spend, you know, hours. 20, 20, I would spend twenty hours a week doing the the recording, the editing, and the mix down, and then I would spend another twenty or thirty hours looking through pod shows to find music that fit that didn't have vocals in the wrong place, or if it mm. did, I the music was similar enough on both sides that I could cut the vocals out and lap the bridge with the intro and. Mm-hmm. The the amount of work was just unbelievable, and I was there's no way it. It's one of the reasons that you know I was trying to do biweekly for Sculpting God, and I wound up doing like every six weeks mm-hmm. because it simply was too much work, and I, there was no way I could do full cast, full sound production, everything for Antithesis, and even in even intend to go weekly. Mm-hmm. As it is, I've kind of averaged biweekly. I go weekly for a while, and then I got sick, and there's three weeks off, and you know, I get, right, but um. There was no way unless I had someone to write music or I was using canned classical. But canned mm-hmm. classical, much as I love it, and I've used pe- bits of it in the story, like mm-hmm. the Blue Danube, mm-hmm. um, wouldn't it wouldn't fit the the kind of cyberpunky environment I've got going on here. Yeah, and and it would also give it too much of a homogenized feel. One of the things I want in the music is that feeling of old world meets new world, and yeah. That's and, something I've been struggling to put together with, with Metamore City also because of the broad melange of different cultures that mm-hmm. I have coming together. Yeah, yeah, it was it's it was fun to think about New World, Old World. I find myself a lot of thinking about the history of rock and the history of music to look forward into the future and try to be like, what what would make it sound futury or what mm-hmm. what could be even though I'm totally probably wrong, but like, what would be some element that they would keep? Like, there's certain things that are just never going to go away. The one, four, five chord, you know, that our our sort of twelve tone Western scale of music, mm-hmm. it's going to be tweaked. It's going to be fucked with, probably. And, but it's it still going to be more there with the Eastern scale, as it's already kind of started to do. Sure. Oh but, yeah, I mean, even but there's going to be those elements. The Beatles, um, yeah, huge syncopated rhythms dancing you know the that that the sort of tempos that people dance to the sort of biological rhythms those mm-hmm. kind of things are going to change you know yeah and uh people people often look back to the past so what they're going to be doing is they're going to be reaching back to things now mm-hmm. and trying to reproduce it mm-hmm. in their own way right what? and so the all the modern elements can sort of exist in there what uh, what other cultural influences did you consciously draw on when you were composing for for antithesis? Cultural like, influence. Well, there was the original the original spec I gave him is I want it to sound like Wagner and Orff got together to do a rock opera. Wagner and who? <laughs> Orff, Karl Orff. He did okay. uh, Carmina Burana. Okay. Um, the 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 song in Excalibur. Oh, Fortuna. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I played that. I played that uh, in college for a, yeah. a group called the Ars Nova Singers, and they were doing this big show with a, a group called the. Uh, there was a, 
they basically were flying trapeze artists kind of things called oh, the frequent nice. flyers. But it wasn't like trapeze is like hokey. It was like silk scarves mm-hmm. and they would like wrap themselves up and swing around. And we got to play in the percussion section. And that's oh, one of fun. the funnest pieces ever because I was playing the bass drum part. Oh, yeah. Boom, boom. Nothing too complicated, just a lot of careful rest counting mm-hmm. and smacking that, that drum. So that was the original um, project spec, and then mm-hmm. you took it and you mixed in a whole shitload of other stuff that I don't even yeah, know Yeah, I had a piano at my house, and I don't have it anymore. I was like, I was borrowing it from a friend, and and the day that I was that we decided we were going to do that, my friend called me and was like, hey, I want my piano back. I was like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> Uh, how about in a week? <laughs> and so I went down and just started really playing and recording. At that time, I'd just been playing all kinds of stuff, but not recording anything. And we went through, what, five or six major themes before we found the one that, that we're using. Yeah, it, it had a long evolution, and I kind of wish I would have kept bigger track of it. Yeah. But well, it started out because you, you used to do, like, you were like a m- m- music leader at a church at one point. And so for, for first two tracks all had that kind of uh, praise song. Ambiance. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I wasn't. I was definitely just trying to get a feel out for mm-hmm. what what I could do. Mm-hmm. One thing is that I never really pushed the limits of what I was capable of. I went out actually and bought a new computer. A lot of it was for this project and and many other projects, but I just couldn't couldn't do it on my old iBook G4. I went and get a MacBook Pro mm-hmm. and got some cool shit. But it was it was really cool because he was bound he would bounce a track my way and I would say okay. This bit I like, this bit I don't. This this key change here pulls it, you know, pulls it out, and this one I think really works. And I would bounce it back to him, and he'd say, "I came up with this new theme, so I've laid it over this old stuff and made some changes here." And we went back and forth about five or six times, and the final theme actually came out of nowhere. We we've been circling around it, and um, I came came to my computer one morning and got this email from him says. I don't know that this will actually work, but I had a brain a brainstorm last night and laid this down and and it's just, you know, one finger notes on for the late motifs. No production any no no production, no second hand, no chords. And starts just plunking out it, the melody. Just plunking out the melody and he plays it on yeah, I I play the MP three attached to the email and Kitty comes out from bed. And looks around the corner and says, "Is that the theme? That's perfect." <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we knew we had it. Yeah, because she she had no context, right? She just yeah. says, "That sounds like predestination to me." Nice, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, it was fun. Now for the uh, and and Kitty's oh, giving man. us the thumbs up here. And I got I got to say I I love the track. I mean the 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 main theme track that you put together. Yeah, maybe we should release that. Uh, Oh, I'd, solo. Yeah. Well, it's it. only about two minutes it's long. On my, so it's gotta, on my MySpace page. Cool. Yeah, we. If it's only about two minutes that. long. We got to find a way to like extend it out mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. But the um every time when I get to the end, it's 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 my moment of occasion. I get to the end of an edit, and I drop the final music in, and I time the final music to that ramp up of the piano, and then that final hit, and then the power chord, and the power chord is always half a beat after the last word. Yeah. And when I hear that slide into place, I know that the episode is almost done and nice. it is just the most 
beautiful <laughs> feeling in the world. That is a and, great and it, feeling. And, it, and, 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 and every time I listen to it, I get just chills because, yeah. you know, I end everything on a cliffhanger and that music is just cliffhanger <laughs> music supreme. Well, you know, you, you, you always have a smile on your face when you're listening to my music. Remember what the, that, one of those guys called in about your book and saying listening to it made him mad because he, you know, he could connect with the characters so much. People are going to hear my music and, and just start thinking about all this drama and, <laughs> oh, God, they got cut up and stabbed and they're double crossing each other. <laughs> but Hopefully know. the negative vibes aren't there. <laughs> oh, they're drama vibes. Those yeah. are good vibes. This yeah. Is- and a lot of the stuff um, I've composed so quickly, like I just do it in a couple hours. And it'd be done. I email it over to him, and I don't even remember a lot of the stuff. Um, it's it's still there. I mean, I I still have it. Definitely got to do up staff on all of this at some point. Yeah, so. got to kind of see what 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 are the best little things in, mm-hmm. in there, and I'd have to go back and study them and and put them back into an arrangement that would yeah. make an album. I'm sure we got enough material for it. We're we're getting close. I like some of my pretty stuff I compose. Yeah, um, some of some of that was a lot the, of the, fun. Oh. Oh, that no, was that's not it. Not the good that's music. the annoying music. <laughs> but you know, if, um, Phil Rossi actually put out an album um, of the music that he wrote for Crescent. So, Ooh. oh, that's right, he wrote his own music. I forgot right. about that. Yeah. So th- there is precedent. Phil, you're a bastard. You're a <laughs> bastard that you can do that all yourself. An obscenely talented bastard. Obscenely talented obscenely. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, that we have to. If if we can get enough listeners, I think it it might be worth the effort. We've already got. We had um, my producer over here earlier tonight, and yeah. floated the idea to her, and she was like, "Ooh, let me add it." <laughs> so your producer, Mary, um, right? But not oh, for the podcast. No, 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 no. Um, she produced uh, produced a film with me, and she's produced a lot of stage shows that I've done video for, mm-hmm. and we've been working together for about seven years. So she was conspiring with you to gain listenership, or what? No, 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 no. To she wants to mix the album. Mm. <laughs> gotcha. And yeah. right now, she's probably the only person I trust to mix it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, she's my she, favorite person in the world right now. Yeah. Well, she's mixed for Muddy Waters, Santana, Huey Lewis, Sammy Hagar. You know, she knows her shit on. And she'd be group. rolling me joints in the recording studio. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that part out. <laughs> ah, this is California. She's legal. Ah. She's got cancer. Ah, okay. Yeah, me, cancer, me too. It's <laughs> always in good taste to, 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 to joke about having cancer. Awkward. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and I would probably love to do more of it. Um, now, if other podcasts, I actually have done some music for other podcasts. Um, that haven't been released yet. Like there's uh, some friends of mine from the Denver skeptics group um, are starting a podcast. Oh, I wish I knew the name of it. I feel bad because I should pimp it. Um, but anyway, it's kind of a more of a, this American lifestyle one where there's a lot of man on the street interviews cut with music. And so um, me and a buddy just put some microphones out and got on an organ and a drum set and, just played like an hour's worth of jamming and just different little 30 second bits. And so that will hopefully just be sprinkled throughout this podcast. Oh, I will get the name of that. I can't remember what they were calling it. Well, I would definitely love to have a, uh, have you do some com- composition work for Metamore city at some point down the pike, if you were interested. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah, right. and, and I have your people call my people. <laughs> I am my people, right. so we'll talk <laughs> after well, me the show. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm hoping you'll stay on board for down from ten because that's going to need some killer music. Yeah, too. that'll be interesting. I, totally. I, as long as long as there's stuff in me, you guys, keep an eye out for down from ten because Dan has told me the secrets, and I am just. Squee! <laughs> did I tell you how it ends? Yes, you did. Oh shit! You told me the secret. Uh, it's it, gonna rock six ways till Sunday. People. I take it you Seriously. started reading it. Huh? No, I haven't started oh, okay. reading it yet. But <laughs> yeah, my 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 vacation was a little more hectic than I ah, thought it okay. would be. But so, uh, Danny, why don't you tell us a little bit about your musical background? Like, what was your training? Well, real quick, the name of that podcast is The Curious. Ah, okay. Keep an eye out for the curious. Keep an ear out. And are you ever going to put a website up with your own shit on it so we can all like? It's on my MySpace okay page. If you go to uh, myspace dot com slash four zero five, I need to get like a name for it four zero zero five eight two five nine four. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we could put a link. There'll on, be a link uh, in the, the show notes. Yeah. Buy, buy, uh, buy your. Go to, go to like GoDaddy and buy yourself an independent domain name, and then just forward it to your MySpace page. I'm not comfortable so, making purchases online unless it's porn. <laughs> no, I, I should. Do that. I really should. Yeah. I'll, I'll make a Danny Shade. Yeah, DannyShade.com. Well, now okay, yeah. I better get it before we release this, otherwise some guy's gonna go buy it and charge me. Right. Yeah. Although, seriously. although I won't pay. <laughs> you can hold on to dannyshade.com as long as you want. I'm not paying anything more than four bucks. Check out oneinone.com. Yeah, they one have one really, really good. cheap uh, domain name purchases. Yeah, we're, okay. All my shit, well, not all my shit, but uh, the podcasts are hosted over there. Right on. And they're they're good. They're a good hosting service. Yeah, too. I wonder if anyone's got a website nowadays. Mm-hmm. I have a. It's easy to get blogs because they're free. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of already there for you. Okay. All right. My musical background. I. um. I started playing drums, uh, like got a drum and started doing drum lessons in fifth grade. And uh, I kind of kicked ass at it a little bit. I wasn't I wasn't a prodigy, but I was kind of a talented, regular, good old, talented kid on drums. So I loved it. And I just played all through middle school. And in middle school, I picked up guitar and uh, played a little bit with the church and with school. And then kind of just did that whole thing for a long time until I was in high school i started getting really into the idea of going to college so i got really serious about it and then got a performance degree at cu boulder and halfway through my performance degree i decided to get a education degree and so i got both of those together it took me um six semesters that's not bad yeah it it was a performance in drums or guitar in percussion in percussion yeah and uh, so the guitar has always just been a, a hobby. Same with the piano. I can't play either of those things to the level of a pro, mm-hmm. but I can do enough to usually get out my own in musical intentions. Yeah. Uh, a guitar lot... is great for that because <laughs> mm-hmm. you could totally, if you know anything about music, you can generally yeah. pick it up and figure a, out. A lot to of be the dangerous. shred stuff, like on, especially on this last one, we had this. I can't do that. <laughs> no way. I can do it on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And so, and usually, especially with, with the, with the crazy stuff, I'll, I'll lay down as much of it as I can and then fix it. Kind of cheat yeah. a Use little bit. Use a MIDI synth. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because like I, like I was explaining to Dan before, there's a difference between like a live performance and, uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a recording one, you want the in the live performance, you you can have a lot of mistakes because nobody really remembers. It's 
It's about the feeling. But in those recordings, you listen back and those mistakes hit you and haunt you. And they grow and they grow and suddenly the entire thing is <laughs> ugly because of this one note. So Very much like writing in that respect. Yeah, yeah ain't that the truth? Yeah, it's like the difference between talking and writing. It mm-hmm. really is. Yeah. The um the oh the blues track. I was shocked at how how quick you threw that blues track out. Oh, that's because one... baby, it's the blues, man. <laughs> the bathtub <clears throat> sex scene. That that track was just Um yeah, this actually I'm not really all that impressed with my own guitar playing in in this one. It, it was really quick. I mean <clears throat> the blues is just all a part of me. So it's actually Oh. Oh, I remember that one. That's shown and up in a I couple added, of promos. And I added nice little spacey sounds to make it featurey. And that's all it is. It's a minor blues in 12-8 with uh, some spacey uh, synthesizers in the background. And you just, all you gotta do is you gotta bend those notes until it feels really sad. And you kind of work at it like a knot in your shoulder. Yeah, this showed up in a promo for uh, Pitt Valentine's Erotica a la carte, and I think it also showed up in one of the Antithesis promos, didn't it? Not yet, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love playing the blues. I mean, that's that's sometimes the only thing... Uh, uh, a, a bag of weed and a and a and a guitar can cure any broken heart. I believe it. Um, <laughs> you I mean, heard it here first. You just remember. You, you, it's. I mean, the weed is optional. It's, it, it depends on the person, but <laughs> some some people find that it helps bring them back to where they can remember what really matters in life. Yeah. And one of those things is just the pure beauty of of sitting down and playing music and mm-hmm. something no one can take away from you. And it's, it's a good, but it's a good it feeling. Was, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the scene specified electric blues and I showed Danny the scene. I explained the emotional dynamics that were going on. I showed him the sex scene and he was like, okay, um, you know, we're on the phone and he's like, okay, give me a few hours. An hour and a half later, tracks show up in my inbox yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, uh, this one is good. This one is good. Uh, don't like the mix, send me the individual tracks, and then he sent me the individual tracks, and I mixed them so they were more friendly to voice. Yeah. And uh, that was it. And, oh, God, I love that piece. <laughs> it, it and you beautiful. can tell you can tell who your favorite blues artists are listening to that, too, because I can hear Santana, I can hear some Satriani, I can hear some Clapton all behind yeah, what Stevie you're Ravon, doing. Yeah, Stevie Ravon, B.B. King. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that stuff. I love Clapton. Um, I, I'm sure I've been influenced by Santana more indirectly than directly. Yeah. So well, I've never, Santana, I've never really picked up any of his albums. Car- Carlos taught Stevie Ray Vaughan to play. Yeah. So, but I, I, I do like his style. He, he can groove. He can groove a lot. That's really what I look for in music. Uh, I, I love a lot of music, and I, I'm not as picky as a lot of people are. And it's weird because you know a lot of times when you have an expertise in a in a field mm-hmm. you you find that people are more picky. Yeah. And I can be at some things and like a lot of times uh, when I'd be at concerts or something, people would always ask me, "Is that drummer good? Is that, are they good?" And I just would ask them, "I don't know. Is are they good? Are they making you feel good? Do they, does the music do what it's got to do for you?" Right. And that really is what it comes down to. I have been less and less impressed by chops and and 
chops, meaning like the um, virtuosic technique, you know, really fast playing, mm-hmm. you know, wanking on the guitar, essentially. <laughs> I mean, you, you really start feeling like that. I remember feeling feeling like, man, I went to a percussion convention and they, they bring in these metal drummers and they're just playing as fast and as loud as they can for as long as possible. Right. You know, and they're like, we're drummers. Well, there's, there's this, it, it's like there's this, this curve, you know, you start... People start out at the beginning, and you get a competence, and then you want to show off. Right. And, and, and it, then they learn the difference between being um, flashy and the virtuosity. Because it's got to be tasteful. Because right. a good drummer goes out there and lays down a groove, and he's sort of flirting with your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, And then they can make a move and do something splashy, and you want more. You know, these guys, you know, I feel like they should have bought me dinner before they, they put on that concert. You know what I'm saying? It was just an assault of, of, of dick right. extension. <laughs> but, I mean, really, really, the, the faster you can play your, those chops and the faster the double bass pedals is, is it a figurative extension of the size of your member. Mm-hmm. And you can see, I mean, they have like chop, like drumming contests and it, it spins out of hand. Mm-hmm. And and music to me, but, just and then the so difference between that kind of thing and then the the concert we watched last week, where all those the old guys who are just sitting around because they're you know playing for fifty years and yeah. they're just grooving, yeah. and and you got you got all the virtue, all all that you know that that flash, but there's this sense of comfort and and finesse that's yeah. with it, and it's like they're not trying, it's just flowing out yeah. and knowing when to back off uh-huh. and let somebody else have yep. the center stage, exactly. And I think about like the difference between listening to somebody do a drum solo. Drum solos have not usually very, really um, impressed me all that much. Even yeah. if they're technically brilliant, they're just kind of boring to listen to. Yeah. But you get a bunch of people together on a percussion circle. Yeah. And they may have very little individual talent, but the passion that they uh-huh. put into it is mesmerizing. Oh, yeah. You know what kind of drum solos I really love listening to? <laughs> mm-hmm. We are just talking about Gene Krupa. Yeah, because Gene Krupa made his drum solos groove. You could dance to his drum solos, mm-hmm. and you want to. Because he's, you know, he's modeling what he's doing after tap dancing, and mm-hmm. he's just got that sick groove. And uh, a lot of great drum solos. I, I actually teach drum lessons as well, and um, I teach you. If you're in the Boulder area, call Danny Shade. Yeah, exactly. With a C-H, right? Yes, yep. S-C-H-A-D-E. I usually teach drums. Um, I have a little studio with uh, two drum sets and a piano and a guitar in there. And most of the time I'm on guitar or piano with my student on drums because um, I like playing. It makes the lessons fun for both of us. And I try to always do lots of jamming. And a lot of times really all I'm doing is teaching them music and communication, communicating right. as performers to yeah one another you know like does it feel like i'm you know like this i was doing an obvious marker of we're about to change section mm-hmm. we're about to crescendo into something bigger or we're about to end and that that kind of stuff's cool that that's really those basic uh you know hello how are you sort of greetings that musicians just all have to know each other i love when you get into that vibe with a group of musicians and everybody just seems to know what each other is supposed to be right doing. Mm-hmm. there's enough of a universal language especially in blues and jazz and rock circles that that happens you know it's yep. those i guess it's those special groups that that yeah. can develop something completely you, you watch a you watch a good concert live and you're close enough to see her you watch a well-cut video concert and you'll see the interchange of looks that right. precedes yeah. every different key change and scene change and- one of the most impressive bands i've ever heard do this um is this uh jazz kind of a modern jazz combo um out of 
uh, New York, and their name is on the tip of my tongue. God damn it. You're not doing well with names No, tonight. I'm not. I've never been good with names. Oh, it's so close. It's right there. Anyway, what they use is they use... um. They first conceived of this a few years ago was the idea of performing on stage or in a group and communicating purely through music without having to use eye contact or words, especially not words. I mean, that's that's kind of the first level. You don't want to shout at people, this kind of thing. You usually right. want to be able to do everything with, with looks, with gestures. Mm -hmm. But this way, you could actually communicate fully, you know, in the isolated recording booth, in theory. And they would do this by musical cues. So they would have all these certain licks that they would... So say you're they're playing a jam, the drummer just starts something, the bass player starts something, and then they kind of layer it, much like you would with GarageBand. Like, let's see a little bass line, loop mm -hmm. it, get this, loop it, get this, loop it, loop it. And it would kind of loop something and, and improv off that. Uh, so say the trumpet player wants to change the key. boo da 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 boo da da And then everyone listens for the key change. What he's going to do is he's going to go... Bo -bo 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 that means we're going to go up a tritone from the key we were at. Ready? And now. Nice. Mm -hmm. And then he might do the key change lick, which is... Or, no, sorry, the uh, the tempo change lick. And then um, that might be slower or faster. And then everyone would speed up until he played it again. And that would be like, that's the new tempo. Or they might change the key signature or the, or the time signature. They might change um, the instrumentation. They might... Uh, each, each player has their own name in mm -hmm. a music... So like a little three or four note pattern, that's their name. So you'd call someone's name and then musically you would tell them to play this and then you'd demonstrate what you want them to play and whether you wanted them to loop it <laughs> or, you know, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it got really, really cool. And these guys would play in concert and you would just see these pieces just be constructed <laughs> right before your eyes. And they sounded so tight because they would all do shit right at the same time. Like they'd randomly just go into five, four, you know, and then mm -hmm. randomly just speed up and they're just making all of it up. Basically, they had just created their own language. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> <Yep>. <clears throat> uh, I'm thinking about out of questions. You got anything else, Chris? Um, the only thing that I was wondering about is like with the cult scene. If you had um, knee body. Sorry, I always do that. It's it's as soon <laughs> knee as the body? knee body is the name of the group. That does that. K-N-E-E-B-O-E-Y. Oh, okay. The, the jazz combo you were just talking yeah. about. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. It's always when the next subject comes <laughs> up. But the name of that group is Kneebody. Check them out. They fucking rock. Cool. But yeah, with the uh, with the, the cult compound scene, um, to me, it, uh, maybe it was because of all the talk in there about all the Eastern spices and different dress and stuff, but it had a very... Um, a, a very not American vibe to it. Did you consciously? I, I played go a for... of, yeah. I played a flute on it, mm -hmm. and I have this old flute. I'm not a flute player at all. I took flute for one <laughs> semester. I took woodwinds for one semester. Flute for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew how to hit the thing, and I knew a few good fingerings, and uh, and I had a doombeck. What's which a doombeck? A, a doombeck is a little goblet shaped Middle Eastern drum made okay. of porcelain with a tight skin across as a hand drum. Um, you also there was some wood block in there too for the dum 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 dum. That was all uh, MIDI. Oh, it was MIDI. That was okay. Synth. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Yeah. I mean, and then there was, and then there was that dancing. There was a couple different ones. There was the one with yeah. the panting and the and the drumming and the. Oh, that was good. Whistle. We should stuff. play that one. Yeah, let's Here. play that. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's a funny thing about. Um, when you try to do ethnic stuff, 
because you you sound I would always sound really really uneducated about it because there's like you know people get their doctorates in in this um, ethnomusicology these kind of things that uh, that we um, all these different uh, foreign stuff which to American ears all sounds the same you know it's just or it just sounds like foreign and and you'll hear people say like make it more ethnic and you're like okay well I'll just add a drum you know a hand drum and that'll make it sound ethnic and I I always feel bad thinking like Oh yes, I'm representing some some culture with with this inspiration. Really, I'm what I'm inspired by is that sort of big reach of darkness outside of Western music that gives something an ethnic feel, and so it's it's a little disingenuous. But um, well, given that you're writing for an American audience and that you're trying, well, predominantly American, and that you're trying to evoke emotions, right? And, and it's not like I'm recreating. I'm not. I'm not. Exp- talking about any particular culture because it's right. a fictional culture from the future. Danny's got my mic right now. It's a blend of um, of, uh, sh- of Pakistani Sheikh and um, uh, or Sikh, Sikh. Sikh. Oh, I always mix them up. I I see the spelling and I always miss the pronunciation. Apologies to yeah, any Sikhs in that. our audience. But it, yeah, it's a mix of um, it's a mix of Sikh and American um, and of, of, of Sikh mysticism, uh, Carl Saganism, <laughs> um, Western uh, Western religions, and um, and Celtic paganism—they're all kind of blended in together. So the the music was supposed to evoke that kind of fusion. So if it sounds like a complete mishmash, that's because <laughs> it's supposed to be. I was just breathing and, and drumming. I, I used a few different kinds of drums, um, like a floor tom. Yeah, I like this one. This I was kind of a, proud of this little this little ditty. Now, do you ever listen to any of Bear McCreary's stuff? He's the one who composes for uh, Battlestar Galactica for the new series. No, I have he, not. He's done some very cool stuff with mixing together different cultural influences. Oh, and, cool. Oh. And a lot of great percussion. Oh, he's he's fantastic with percussion. I, I absolutely adore his, his percussion work. Yeah. You, know, you never think of drums in sci-fi, but um, when he, you know, he, he made it them a central part of... The score for What's Galactica. His name? Bear McCreary. Yeah, I'll have to check it yeah, out. Yeah, I'll I'll play some for you after we uh, after we get going here. But yeah, he's he's fracking fantastic. Yeah. This was that other part that I that was kind of fun because I I knew I didn't know anything how to play the flute, so I was really just trying to get those effects. <laughs> really, I was emulating people that probably didn't know how to play flute that well anyway. Exactly. That was kind of my my thinking. 
So this is when he's like taking the bowl, and uh, he's, yes. you know, it smells like sex, and oh shit. <laughs> this is the part that made me think of McCurry's work, because he does a lot of that with wind, plus drums, plus, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if we lived in a perfect world, I, I would have decked out the drumming a lot more, and you mm-hmm. know, got some good microphones and had djembe's and, and that kind of thing. And oh yeah, I, I it would I would love to really fill this stuff out with um, just make it a little bit more raw. Yeah, we've definitely got to cut an album, man. This stuff yeah. is so fucking cool. And if uh, listeners have any questions or comments, they can email me. Uh, my email address is shaded at gmail dot com. S C H A D E D. Nice. And. Uh, and, I'd love to hear what you think. And any feedback that you send in that mentions the music, I'll forward to him too. And you can send that to me at dan at jdsawyer.net or leave it on the show blog at antithesis.jdsawyer.net or call the new voicemail, which is 206-350-5739. Anyone else got anything else? Woo-hoo. Not at the moment. I'm sure that I'll have many questions for you in the future. But uh, Yeah. Well, okay. you know, I hope everyone enjoys it and... Uh, keep listening because i guess it's yeah. gonna unfold quite interestingly yeah thanks for coming to dish with us this is fun yeah, yeah no problem <laughs> so um until next thought <laughs> let me try that again and get into my dramatic voice until next time remember it isn't whether you win or lose it's how you rig the game it's how you uber rig the game <laughs> uber uber <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.